Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charlie Chuck Thompson. Follow me on Twitter at McCoy3PM. With me, as always, the hostess of the host. You're not a hostess. You're just a host. I don't. How dare you assume my gender? (laughs) Mr. The one, the only, Nathaniel Paul Thurston running for office in 2030. <laughs> no, never running for office. How's it, how's it going today, my man? It's going well. The uh, trading account is up once again. That's good. That's good. That's good news. Now the market is on a rebound. So, you know, uh, other people may be making some money today too, but the difference is our account's up 29% now while their account might be up down 30% Instead of over the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's been it's been pretty good. We had a fun day of trading. Uh, we got new internet, finally, that is such a big stress. When I record a new trading video, um, either I try to do it live, which skips around a bunch, or I record it and then I try to upload it, which normally takes about two hours to upload it to the website. And just terrible. Because our <laughs> upload speeds were running like one or two megabytes yeah. a second. And so now we, we got, uh, you know, we're running, which of course right now it's slowed down while we're doing live, but it's running 50 up it was running 150 up earlier if i plugged into the ethernet it might be 300 up or something like that that's great because i uploaded the video to the trading website in uh 20 seconds earlier it was a 20 minute long video and i uploaded it in 20 seconds i was so excited you know how much free time you have (laughs) when when stuff like that happens yeah. I mean, because normally I have to sit here and watch it, right? I can't do other things. Can't do anything else. No, that just means I can record more videos and upload them. And I don't have to plan on one to two hours per video that we put on there. Save time, save money. There you go. That's time is, is money. You know what else is up? Italy's getting pummeled right now in the really? COVID watch update. It's not good. Yeah, let me talk about this real quick. Let me give you a brief synopsis. But before I do that, actually, I want you to subscribe to this podcast. Hit that subscribe button. What that does is that'll send the very next episode directly to your phone. I'd like to welcome all the new listeners. We're Just the audience size goes up every time I look at this thing. Let me refresh real quick. That's up again. <laughs> wow. You could just say and that at any time. No, it really is, though. Speaking of sub- subscribing, I, I looked at the Apple numbers uh, last night because that's where you can get really, really detailed figures. 92% of the devices that listen to our podcast are subscribed. Which is great. That's working. Yeah, so we're talking to you, you eight percenters. We need <laughs> you to hit subscribe today. Quit getting this thing without a subscription because then you got to think about it like, oh, yeah, I loved that podcast. Podcast and I was really busy doing other stuff. I didn't hit subscribe. I love that podcast and I knew that I had been failing on getting the correct news and the correct ideology every day. Well, this is why, because I forgot to hit subscribe to that podcast. So you 8% of people, you need to hit subscribe like almost everyone else. It's cool to be, you know, be in the in crowd when it comes to being in this in crowd right here on the Good Morning Liberty podcast. On the Liberty side of, on the right side of history. It is. All you folks are yeah. on the your moral ideology is correct i'm here to boost your ego and you say the right side of history one thing i've always said you know we've we're putting forward and i i don't want to burst anyone's bubble we have we're hopeful fine we're hopeful we're putting forward what is a losing argument I mean, we all know that we're putting forward that the world is not trending towards the arguments that we make on this podcast whatsoever well, you can make the argument it is actually is it 
Well, because as we go further and further into tyranny, then the society hopefully blows yeah. up, and then <laughs> so you're, then you're at liberty. <laughs> so you're on that train. There's a lot of libertarians. I'm not, no, I'm not saying I'm on that train. Yeah. I would like to pull it back. Yeah. However, I'm saying you could make the argument that as a society ends up dissolving itself because of all the terrible decisions it's made, you're left with freedom. Okay. That's how you have to start over. All right. That's anyway. Fine. All that to say, subscribe to the podcast, which is good. Let me give you this COVID-19 update, which, by the way, the technical name, in case you didn't know this, is uh, SARS-2, <laughs> C-O-V-D, by the way. Um, so it, it's just like the SARS virus, which came from a bat. This COVID-19 also came from a bat <clears throat> into a, uh, a particular endangered cat species that they sell in the wet markets in China. In case you didn't know. Have they traced this back? Yeah, yeah. They know this? Yeah, it came from the Wuhan wet market in China. Okay. To, uh, I thought that was just hearsay. No, no. No, it really happened. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Vox actually not... <laughs> you have to get your news from everywhere. Vox is typically really left-leaning. However, they did a wonderful eight-minute documentary on this. <laughs> My computer so. says no internet. <laughs> oh, wow. So now yeah. we're not even uploading at all. No, we're good. It's uploading. <laughs> this computer says no internet. The, the other computer... Yeah, uh, is working fine. So anyway, sorry so for I, interrupting. No, it's fine. As I yeah. said, Italy is up as well. They're getting pummeled right now. They've got 41,000 cases, 5,322 new cases just today, and they are now the leading country in deaths. Mm. That's not what you want to be leading the world no, in, by the way. 3,405 deaths to 41,000 cases and China has 3,245 deaths to 80,000 cases. Now, of course, these are numbers that are reported. We don't know what China is holding back. We know that China withheld information for a couple of weeks. They tried to sweep this thing under the rug and say, well, this wasn't our fault. This is no big deal. In fact, they allowed, I, I believe the numbers I saw and this is coming from Ben Shapiro's podcast that I heard, uh, they quoted the numbers from the wall street journal and some other valid sources where, uh, China allowed 6 million people to leave Wuhan mm. when they knew that this virus had already started. And that was two weeks until they finally took ownership. of. They that. were silencing people that were talking yes. about it. And by silencing, you guys know what I mean. Yes. I mean, you guys know what yeah. I mean. They were burying the, the people's children alive. Yeah. In front that's of them. just like the olden days. Just, yeah. They were getting back the to the Mao special. Yeah. They, <laughs> that's what they wanted to do. No, I don't, I don't know for sure they were doing that, but you know, it, it, just a side tangent everyone's saying it's racist to call this the wuhan virus or the blame this on china or, or the chinese or whatever. virus like i don't think anyone has any hatred towards any asian people over this or any over is chinese it not people. racist to call it the spanish flu in the 19 exactly. 1918 i like, mean you you name things a lot of times off of their point of origin where, or, where they came from what about the mers virus which came from the middle east that's why it's called mers middle eastern it's the same version of a coronavirus kind hmm. of Okay. Yeah. So you had SARS, you had MERS. Now we've got SARS two COVID. It's so. it's important to think about where it came from, and then also in all of these arguments that we're making about how the government totally fumbled their response to it. Which, by the way, how do we have such a widespread belief that we have the coronavirus because Trump is such a terrible person? When look at the rest of the world, like they they've all got it too. 
They've got it. And it most worse. of them have universal health care. They've got it worse. <laughs> they've got universal health care. They've got the virus worse. Yet there's this overwhelming belief in the United States that we've only got coronavirus because Trump is the president. And if we didn't have that, well, then we would have contained this thing and never had it. Yeah. Well, what about all your perfect, your perfect utopias all around the world? What, what about them? Everybody was pointing to South Korea as the example because they were testing more people and they were doing it the right way. And they've got guaranteed health care over there and all this. And it's a capitalist society that still has guaranteed health care with South Korea. South Korea only has it's less than 3000 cases in the United States does. United States is sitting at 11,354 cases as we speak right now with 171 deaths, which brings the death rate back down. It was 1.6 yesterday, back down to 1.5 today, okay. by the way. And the by the way, the critical cases are going down and they used to be about 10%. Now it's only 5% of people that are infected with critical cases overall. Um, South Korea, which by the way, has a significantly less population than the United States yeah. does. What is it, like 50 million, I think? 50, 60 million, something like that? Yeah. Um, they've got 8,565 cases. They're not far behind the United States here. Um, they've got 167 cases per million population. The United States is sitting at 34 cases per million, which now ranks the lowest it's in. I feel like Italy's close to half a million per million by now from, from all the news reports I hear over here at GML. They what, are, what are they at? 679 per million. That's not good. No. And we're at 30 per million, and 34. South Korea is at 200 and something per million. South Korea is at 167. Now, listen, your population density, which is what we keep talking about, when you have something that spreads uh, potentially easily between people, obviously very high population density areas are going to be more affected. So I'm not just saying that it's because of their economic systems or their healthcare systems or whatever, but you also can't look at our system and say that this is why we have the amount of cases that we have. You're just being a political hack at that time. That's all you're doing is being a political hack. If you're going to ignore all of the perfect utopias that you want to model the United States after, and then they also have more cases than the United States does when we've got 350 million people in our country. I mean, what kind of argument are you trying to make? It's not a coherent argument whatsoever. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. So well, tell them that. I told you that. In cursive. That's, I told you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in cursive. <laughs> I'll say it straight to your face over the phone in cursive. Yeah. All right. So listen. We got. Did you go through your whole COVID watch thing? Was that? Was yeah, that that's. A, okay. We don't need to spend much more. I mean, we're going to okay. obviously talk about it during the show, too, as well. But we're going to talk about this in a different way today. This is going to be kind of how it relates to you. And then who should you count on? I mean, that's the question. As, as this panic and this pandemic or epidemic, whatever you want to call it, as we're running out of toilet paper, as all this stuff is going on, businesses are shutting down, who should you rely on more, yourself or government? I mean, that's the, that's the age-old question. It is. And, and think about this not just in a panic. Think about this in regular everyday life. Which one is more beneficial to you? You or the government? Waiting on who other has, people. Who has your best interest at heart? You or someone else? The person. That, that's, it's got to be the person who wants your vote. That's yeah, what it is. A, yeah. yeah, it's so crazy to me how this is a hard concept, but we got to walk through it today. We have a quick five. I just want to spend five minutes on a price gouging thing. This is from Menards. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Menards. I don't recommend it. Crazy confusing. It's way too big. They have too, far too much stuff. I will. I will go away. I, I flipped a lot of houses. And I will not go into a Menards. I, I would rather close my business when I had it than go into a Menards to get supplies. But 
they are under allegations from the Attorney General for price gouging. Price gouging. Now, let's listen to what happened here. This is, uh, oh, I didn't put what this is from. It's from a local paper up in Michigan, out of Detroit. So let's look. Big box retailer Menard says it will respond to allegations of price gouging during the coronavirus crisis that prompted a warning letter from Attorney General Dana Nezel. Now, that would be the state attorney general. We are disappointed and are taking this very seriously, Menard's spokesman Jeff Abbott said in a Wednesday email to the Free Press. We are working hard on responding in due course to the Attorney General. On Tuesday, Nezel sent Menard's a cease and desist letter after her office received 18 complaints from consumers about overpriced bleach, face masks, and other items. Investigators discovered the store last week doubled the price of cleaning products like bleach and significantly raised the price of face masks while tying their purchase to an in-store rebate. So by the way, you paid higher for the stuff, but then you got an in-store rebate after you paid the higher price for the stuff. So you were able to come back and get more stuff. So you you still got a, a value out of that because Menards sells everything. That's why I won't go there. Uh, that is what that person said in a news release. Uh, let's see. Abbott said it has been a very chaotic time, but Menards believes the pricing of the bleach uh, specifically was reasonable. The pricing changes partly related to a manufacturing change that caused the bleach to be more concentrated and allowed the consumer to get 50% more use of the same size bottle. So this is how incoherent this price gouging idea is, by the way. I don't know how much they raised their prices. Maybe it was double. But here's the deal. The bottles of bleach were more highly concentrated than the previous bottles of bleach that they were selling. By 50%. By 50%. Now, their price might have gone up by 100%. Maybe it went up by 100%. But the concentration in the bleach was 50% more. So meaning that you could go there and maybe it was a little bit higher price. But you got to use the bleach. It, it went further. You were able to use it to clean your whole house, to bleach your hands, clean your whites, clean up a crime scene. There were all kinds of things that you could do <laughs> with this bleach, and you could do more with one bottle than what you would have been able to do with a bottle beforehand. But that doesn't matter. It's still Somehow this means that the bleach needed to be the same price as the old bottle. Like, we want more product for the same. <laughs> yeah, we want a higher quality, higher concentrated product but if you raise the price on it, then you're a price gouger. Like, just try to consider this argument for a minute. It, it doesn't work. And here's the problem that what people would rather have, apparently, is a completely empty store shelf with no chance to buy the bleach whatsoever. That's what they would rather have. I went grocery shopping last night, and all over the store were these signs. I'm sure you guys have seen them at Publix last night. I saw no more than two of these per customer. No more than two per customer. I mean, it was on everything. Pizza. It was on soup. It was on rice. It was on all these things. But guess what? They were out of like all of those things. They were all gone. There was no, there was no milk. There were no bread. was no bread. There were no eggs. There was no rice. Basically, I'm going to die next week. <laughs> That's what we're looking at. But luckily, the people who got there first, well, they didn't have to pay more. So what I would have rather had, since I have people coming to my house this weekend to stay, I wanted to make them breakfast. I wanted to get some eggs. And now I've got to go somewhere and buy a damn chicken so I can get some eggs because I can't buy them at the store because they refuse to raise their prices because people get so upset about this imaginary thing called price gouging. And now you have none. Now I have Even no if you eggs. were willing to pay twenty dollars, I'm willing to pay more for the eggs. I'm willing to pay more for the eggs. So I would have rather have more eggs. expensive eggs 
than have no eggs. Does anyone get this? I would, me, right now, I want to pay double, triple for a carton of eggs. Well, and, I ca- and I can't. Well, it's you're, illegal. You're privileged. It's though. better for... You hate poor people. I, I hate poor people. And you're people. privileged. It's better... So you're able to. It. Now, they're taking care of me by making sure I don't have to pay higher prices for the non-existent eggs. <laughs> and it's better. It's better for me now. Yeah. It's, a, it's insane, man. Is that our five minutes on price gouging? We've had, done several episodes on price gouging. You so. had no eggs before. Yeah. And you still have no eggs. The same... My egg count... <laughs> Has not changed, even though I was willing to pay more for the eggs. Yeah, they're all gone. But if they would have doubled the price on them or tripled the price on them, there'd still be eggs there. And guess what? People would have gotten the amount of eggs that they needed for that time. And there still would be eggs on those shelves because people wouldn't have bought freaking 10 cartons of eggs the week this all started happening. They would have bought one of them, something like that. But instead... They're all gone, and now I'm better off because I can't buy the product. Now it's weird in the stock market, so which is a which is a free market, by the way. It is, it's, you know, yeah. The uh, all these egg buyers come in on egg prices. What happens to the the price of that stock? Well, it goes up. It goes up. Why? Because it slows down the buyers, and the, you're getting a better price for it, and it allows people to keep buying stock. You know, every company has a float of shares, right? So. How many, what, 50 million, 100 million shares, whatever. I consider under 100 million, I consider that to be a low float stock. So what that means is Charlie and I own a company. And when we start the company, you fill out the paperwork and we say, well, we have 10 shares available and six of them, six of them go to me and four of them go to Charlie. And so we have 10 shares where we are a 10 share float stock right now. Now we're not publicly traded, but... We are a 10 share float stock. Some of these companies like GM, I mean, they've got billions and billions of shares out there. How many of you guys, if you buy, let's say you're going to go buy something in the stock market. Maybe you're going to buy Norwegian Cruise Lines at $9 when they used to be at $60 a couple months ago. I said last week that it could go all the way down to five yeah. and I was still going to be fine. So. Maybe you're going to buy Norwegian Cruise Lines at $9 per share. What happens if a whole bunch of people come in and decide that they also want this stock now? Well, that's what you want. That's why you bought the share, by the way. You bought a product. You bought an ownership of a company. You bought a share. You bought a piece of paper that said you had this. And that was what you owned now, that you put that money, after you put that money into it. When a whole lot of buyers come into it, the price per share can double, quadruple, it can go up a thousand percent sometimes. And I guarantee you, everyone who's got that share, totally fine with the fact that the stock just went up a thousand percent. They're completely okay with that. And the people that are buying it on the way up are okay with the price that they're paying for it too, as there's a higher demand and the same supply of shares available. And this is what happens every single day in the stock market. You can literally, the stock market is a great representation of the free market, except for when the SEC comes in or the Fed comes in, either one of them come in and they start manipulating things. Mm -hmm. Then it's not a good representation of the free market. But if you want to know about supply and demand, you look at stock market pricing, like it's pure supply and demand. Then they're not price gouging, are they? I I guess they are. (laughs) 
I guess they are. Yeah. I don't know. Electronically. Now the Fed comes in, they inject a trillion dollars into the stock market. The price on everything doubles. And apparently they're the biggest price gougers to ever exist all of a sudden because they doubled the price of everything that exists out there. It's crazy, man. The logic, there's no logic. I said the logic. There isn't any logic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's completely devoid of any logic or reasoning. It's pure emotion. And anytime you're making some type of decision that it just has a, an emotion behind it and no logic whatsoever, it's, it's not good. It's really not good. Look throughout your life at the times that you made emotional decisions. You know, not, not good. Maybe you sold that stock too early. Maybe you were too scared to, to do this or that or to start your business. You know, maybe you got married. There are all kinds of things that are emotional decisions that you shouldn't have done. You know, there's, there's tons of them. So you got to be careful and make sure that you're making a rational, logical decision when you get into something. And this is not what's happening. Yeah. And, and, you know, before we move on here to learn about this, to learn about how the market actually works. uh, And as we transition into relying on yourself versus other people, it's a perfect time to mention our first sponsor, which is us. And it's mastermytrades.com. That's where you can go to learn all about this. If you have never even looked at a stock chart before, you can learn exactly how all of this works through uh, what price action means and how to look at a candlestick chart and see how the market's moving up and down. And, you know, right now, Nate mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're up 20, what was it? 29 29.5%. 29.5% on our yeah. account while the market is down. It rallied a little bit today, but it's still down about 30, 33%. And uh, we're, it, we've earned, we've inverted that. We're not down at all. We're up. Yeah. So if you want to learn how to do that from the very basics, you've never even looked at a chart. You don't even know what trading is. The stock market's confusing to you. You just let some financial advisor who just got his license decide everything for you. And he sells you on this diversified portfolio garbage. Uh, check out mastermytrades.com yeah. because that's where you should go. And you can learn all the basics. <laughs> we have a seven day free trial that lasts until the rest of this month. So it's base, it's free. It is free for seven whole days. And then after that, the price goes to uh, starting out at $47 a month, which by the way is the best value you're going to see on learning how to trade stocks out there. There is no other person that is doing it. Not even somebody that's doing free stuff or anything like that because they get you in for, you know, a free, uh, you know, YouTube video. And then you got to pay $200 a month to, to get in there, uh, chat room yeah. or something like that. I've, you done, know? I've done it before. Right. <laughs> yeah, I have done it. So it costs you thousands of dollars. I've where... paid hundreds of dollars per month to be in people's chat rooms. Right. On, on stock classes. So, and if you want to go out there and get those, that's fine. Go do them. But uh, we're starting out with the very basics and we're on week two. We're going to start week three next week. So it's 10 whole weeks of class. You can get in right now and start learning this stuff and uh, it makes you better prepared. It makes you understand what's actually happening with your investments, with your money, rather than just letting it sit in a 401k. Now, I'm not saying I'm not giving financial advice. I'm not saying take all your money out of the 401k or whatever. But if it were me, I'm just saying me, you know, I would have some stuff long term. And then I'd also have some stuff that I have control over. I'm just saying that's me. And if you just want to learn about it, mastermytrades.com. Because you're a control freak. Yeah. That's what it is. You know? <laughs> no, this, this leads into what the whole point of the show is today, which is who should you rely on? You know, should you rely on financial planners? Should you rely on the government? Should you rely on your mom? Or should you rely on you? Who has a better chance of taking care of you? Who knows more about you? You or someone else? I think it's me. Yeah. 
who is me please for five hundred dollars <laughs> yeah um so this is a long art it's a bit of a lengthy article uh maybe charlie and i will split it up but it came from the atlantic and this article is it's entitled as usual americans must go it alone so this article is all about how we're in this crisis we're in this pandemic and there's just no hope for anyone there's no help we've all got to take care of ourselves and that's literally the point of the article and of course it's a it's a it's a terrible point that they're making they're they're trying to say that this is just awful just a terrible terrible system that we live in where right now of all times you must be in some type of self-reliance and ooh, how terrible that must be where you're reliant on yourself man that's terrible i don't like it so charlie i, I guess i'll take the first couple the first few paragraphs of this we'll run through it and we can we can go back and forth because it's got some length to it, a little bit of length. This also gives you a sense of proportion, it, a it sense does. of perspective. Yeah, gives you perspective on history, and 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 it's still among this pandemic. There's never been a better time to be alive, or a better time to be an American. Still, we like, still live in the greatest country at the greatest time in the history of Earth. People a hundred years ago would take today, in in the coronavirus outbreak pandemic over the time that they lived in for sure people in africa would take this coronavirus pandemic over what they live in every single day which is about five thousand people a day dying from tuberculosis so you got to have a little bit of proportion that this article just really talks about how terrible it is terrible it is that people now are going to go it alone so from the atlantic the novel coronavirus is forcing americans to go it alone this is happening in a shockingly literal way as families scatter and freeze and shelter in place scattering freezing and sheltering in place just so you guys uh catch that and it is happening in a structural way too where comedy hits the americans calamity hits americans tend to face the shock by themselves americans are no less susceptible to disease joblessness and family changes than their peers in rich nations but they are made more fragile by these crisis crises the country has a thinner safety net fewer public goods and less social insurance than other countries the united states spends roughly what other oecd countries nations do on pensions or social security and more on health care for less coverage and worse outcomes worse outcomes yeah yeah how's our standard of living looking overall it's worse yeah because that's what this says it's worse it spends less than a third of what the average oecd country does on helping the jobless probably creates less jobless and about a third supporting families with kids and 50 percent less on incapacity meaning disability sickness or injury that might keep a person from accessing the labor market Perhaps the country's most pressing problem is its high uninsured rate. Every other country has a, as wealthy as the United States, there aren't any, has figured out how to cover its entire population, generally at a much lower cost, too. But roughly one in ten Americans lacks any form of health insurance coverage, which may lead them to delay seeking out medical help when they need it. For many of those with coverage, health care is still unaffordable and inaccessible. The average American family with a private co coverage pays $6,015 a year for insurance on top of what their employer pays. On top of that, the average individual has a deductible of $1,573 meaning they need to spend that much out of pocket every year before their coverage kicks in on top of that many plans 
come with required co-insurance payments that are applied even after a person hits their deductible. These costs discourage sick individuals with insurance from seeking care. They also set costs on anything discourage you from doing things that cost. They also saddle American families with tens of billions of dollars of debt each year. Two-thirds of American bankruptcies are related to medical bills. Distant cousins, that is. <laughs> what does this mean today? That Americans will avoid getting tested for the coronavirus and will avoid getting treated for COVID-19. Even though it's they made it free to be tested. We'll read about that here in a second, but they're going to avoid getting tested. That some untold number could go into debt, lose their homes, or declare bankruptcy because of the global pandemic. Strains that will, in turn, do measurable damage to public health. Although the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has promised that coronavirus testing will be free, if they can ever create any test kits, it has not promised <laughs> that the cost of care will be... Uh, what the cost of care will be, leaving open the possibility that the uninsured will choose not to receive treatment. Treatment for this virus. Uh, imperiling their own health and the health of others around them. Do you want to pick up there at the government? Yeah, let's. Well, let's talk about this for a little bit because he's just making a case. Well, he's trying to emotionally stab you in the heart yeah. and make the case that all of these poor Americans who live in the best country in the world don't live in the best country in the world because we just slap them with medical debt and and uninsured because. Our free market healthcare system, which isn't free market, by the way, mostly controlled by government healthcare system, just needs more government control. O overwhelmingly the controlled. The problem by the we government. have right now is we don't have enough government control of healthcare, and and individuals are stuck paying too much money. Now, look, as we've said many times, healthcare is too expensive, but it's expensive because of government. We People, have a we have a government ran healthcare system that you have to pay for. Right. And everything the government does is more expensive. Everyone knows this. You know how much money they spend on everything, on down the toilet seats. You know how much money the government spends on little things. We have a completely government ran healthcare system, only you cover most of the cost for it. And that's the problem. Like most of the time when the government's controlling a system, they also end up paying it, of course, out of tax money that still comes out of your check and the price of your goods, but they end up paying for it and you don't ever really see what the costs are. But in this system, they've created a government ran system and then they've also made it to where you have to pay for most of it or the businesses have to pay for most of it. And you're actually seeing what things that the government runs will cost you. You see that. That's what you see with healthcare. That's what you see with college. You see those things. So anyway, sorry, side side tangent there. No, no, that's that's exactly what I was going to go into. And so that's just, he's just making the case that what we need is more government because look at all these terrible things that the free market healthcare system is doing, even though it's not free market. And that's what he doesn't understand because he doesn't really understand the healthcare market. He doesn't want to understand it right. either. Yeah, he just he wants to be like every other major developed nation because that's the that's the tagline. So anyway, continuing on here, the government also fails to protect its people by not guaranteeing paid family leave and paid sick leave. This is just he's just regurgitating. I think he copy pasted this yeah. from Bernie Sanders website. He should have copy pasted from BernieLies.com. One of his speech transcripts. Yeah. These are benefits mostly granted by large employers. Just a handful of states and cities operate mandatory paid leave programs. One in three workers in the private sector has no paid sick days at all. Two and three do not have a short-term disability plan, and four and five do not have paid family leave. 
Congress recently expanded paid leave in response to the crisis, but not to all workers and not in any comprehensive way. That means that workers need to quit their jobs to attend to their dying parents. Oh, it means that a frightening share of workers in customer service positions go to work no matter how sick they are because they cannot afford to miss a paycheck. It means that the coronavirus pandemic will spread more easily and cause more harm. Now, listen to this argument he's making. That the coronavirus pandemic is going to spread more easily and cause more harm inside of our system. What evidence do we have of that yet? We've got it in really big cities, highly, highly populated cities. But that's about it, and that's probably one of the bubbles that this person lives in, more than likely. But we have no evidence that our system whatsoever is causing the coronavirus pandemic to spread and cause more harm in the United States. Actually, we have exact opposite evidence of that. We've got the exact opposite. That, that's how far off it is. But you, you can go on. This is, this is the idea you've got to have while you're reading this, by the way. All of this means Congress must act to provide families with sufficient benefits when a recession hits. But Congress is... Sclerotic? Sclerotic. Putting the country at extraordinary risk. Quote, we have very little reason to assume that we'll have the elected officials in place to take the necessary action. Indivar uh, end, Dudagupta the co-executive co director of the Georgetown Center of po on Poverty and, and Inequality. By the way, sclerotic, what? which is a word I've honestly never heard or said or read before, means rigid and unresponsive. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you guys know. It's, so this, uh, so he got this quote from this co-executive director of the Georgetown Center on Poverty and Inequality told me. Yeah, I mean, they're not leaning one direction or anything. <laughs> Their entire quote. center is devoted to <laughs> talking about poverty and inequality. Quote, but, yeah. I constantly hear people say that when there's enough of a crisis, Congress will take action and turn something on. There's nothing in our experience that suggests that's correct. And that's how it's supposed to be, by the way. Congress is supposed to be hard to enact things. That's, That's the way it's designed. It is. For your benefit, by the way. Um, the United States also crucially underinvests in its children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> underinvests in them. Second most per student in the world, yeah. by the way. With less public spending on preschool, childcare, and family allowances than nearly every other OECD country. That means American children are more likely to live in poverty than children in most other rich nations. Do we have that evidence from people who have preschool, by the way? Do we have the evidence that if you had preschool, you're less likely to live in, pro in poverty? No. Do, do we have that? It doesn't I'll, change. While you're reading, I'm gonna, like, I know you've talked about this before, and it's something that Jordan Peterson talked about also, that there, there's no data that suggests that kids who went to preschool are any better set up than anyone else, especially if you're comparing this to a country, say, where you're not allowed to live in poverty because they'll give you a government stipend, but they also have preschool for all their children. Well, you can't compare the two because they're not allowed to live in poverty because they'll get the government stipend and they have preschool. Well, now you can make a correlation, not causation. You can make a correlation argument and say, well, kids who have preschool, well, they're less likely to live in poverty if you compare these countries right here. But that doesn't mean anything. Maybe the areas that have preschool are also more affluent areas where people are less likely to live in poverty overall. Yeah. yeah. There's, this is just a complete correlation and not causation argument that he's making. Which, by the way, this mm -hmm. underinvests in its children. This is already a catastrophe, he says. It stands to become a worse one with the coronavirus pandemic. Millions of low-income families will see a breadwinner become sick or lose work. Millions of kids will lose what little safety they have. 
Americans want to change the state of affairs. Paid leave, better unemployment insurance programs, more affordable insurance, getting kids out of poverty. These are uncontroversial. There's no controversy surrounding these. These are bipartisan priorities, apparently. Yeah. If they're bipartisan priorities, then why are they so partisan? I, I don't <laughs> like, understand. That's what I want to know. Why are we having the conversation? But our political system is not set up to move quickly and boldly. Well, you're right. It's not. This crisis cannot go to waste. <laughs> Never let a good crisis go to waste. We're making sure. Literally says that. Yeah. This crisis cannot go to waste. Although it most certainly will. And when the next pandemic or financial crisis or downturn hits, millions of families will face it alone. Oh, the madness mm. of facing things alone. Now, we should help people. We'll talk about oh, that here in a minute. Actually, absolutely. We're going to be providing a link for a donation uh, for people who have uh, or have been affected by this coronavirus, we'll be provi- providing the link and talking about what other people are doing. So it's not that we think everyone should just go through some type of a crisis alone. It's that we d- we we think the exact opposite. It's just we don't think the government is the the best entity to fulfill that purpose. And they're not the best entity to do that. Well, look judging at- by the next article that we're going to be reading. And I can say I actually agree with him that. Uh, Americans want to change the state of affairs, paid leave, better unemployment insurance programs, more affordable insurance, getting kids out of poverty. Everyone's against those things. <laughs> it's not like we're Republicans or liberty minded people, libertarians. It's not like we want to see as many kids in poverty as we possibly can. I, I want people to have paid leave. Yeah. As want- long as the business is paying them can't afford it. Yes. I do want people to have paid leave. I want people to have health insurance and better health care and, and cheaper education. I want people to have all these things. But what I don't want to happen is for the government to control it to where when a pandemic does happen, they can decide who lives and dies like what's happening in Italy. Or right now where we're sitting here waiting to see whether or not government's going to send us some kind of extra check. Just sitting here hoping yeah. that the people in Congress strike some kind of a deal. And right now they're giving the runaround on the COVID-19 test anyway. That's coming from government, by the way. They've opened it up to private companies now, like LabCorp and, kind Quest, of. and Quest Laboratories. It's a select list of them. But the problem is, is that they, are, they have such a shortage of these tests because of government, not because of the private markets, by the way. They have such a shortage of tests is that they're unwilling to mainly test people unless they're showing all the signs of respiratory distress. Like you're almost dying before before we'll test you. And you have to test negative for several other things before yes. they'll give you the test. You yeah. got to take a flu, you know, test for the flu. You got to test for, I don't know, what, what other stuff you got to test for. They got to make sure that they're going to use the test wisely. Guys, listen, if a test kit costs 2 or $3 to produce, which it probably does, real cost, Jeff Bezos would be selling that freaking thing for five bucks two-day prime shipping right now. He'd already be doing it if people were allowed to do this, but they're not allowed to do this at all. The CDC said, we have all the test kits. We've got 75,000 of them. We're going to distribute them. Actually, we want you guys to send all the blood work to our labs and we'll get back to you in three or four months. And that's what's going to happen. And so we're going to hold on to this and not let anyone else be involved in these test kits. And that's what they did. For months and blame that on trump if you want to blame that on the cdc blame it on government whatever it wasn't the free market that's the person you can't blame it on is the free market you can blame it on whoever else you want but you can't blame it on the people who were not legally allowed to produce test kits how did they get the blame in the situation well they hate poor people obviously <laughs> that's it's just yeah. what it is my girlfriend works at the er in a at a hospital in downtown nashville 
and they actually have to get approval by the CDC before they can test somebody. Somebody actually, somebody from the CDC office has to come to the hospital to give them a test. They're not allowed. The hospital is not allowed to say, I want to order a hundred thousand test kits to make sure the people that come in here can get tested. They're not allowed to do that. They're not allowed to order them. They have to call the CDC and, and describe this dying patient to them. Because what say, no, because these things are free, by the way, you got a test kit's got to be free. What normally happens to the supply of something when you're not going to allow anyone to pay for it? The short supply. It's exactly. a shortage. They can't give them out. They won't allow people to produce them for any type of profit. So you'll just end up with none. But at least you didn't have to pay any money for it. <laughs> it's just like I your eggs. It's just like the eggs. <laughs> Jeez, if I had a fever right now, I would pay a hundred bucks to take a COVID-19 test to make sure I don't get my grandma sick or something like that. But I can't. I can't do it. You're not allowed. I'm not allowed to. Jeez, yep. Louisus, man. Just don't make no sense whatsoever. But of course, you know, it's it's the United States. It, it, you're at this alone, people. It's just you're, you're at it. You're at it alone. There's no one out there to save you. The government is not like all these other socialist regimes where they decide whether you live or die. And because of that, we're worse off somehow. Mm -hmm. We're worse off. This is what they would have you to believe. So let's go to the next one and we'll uh, round out this idea, which um, is that basically you, we don't need to be relying on the government to take care of us. Let's, uh, this next article is from Fox Business. Coronavirus aid, how the government might boost your unemployment check. As the, spreading, as the spreading coronavirus takes a toll on the U.S. economy, lawmakers are ramping up efforts to provide aid to affected workers. Fast. Utah Republican Senator Mitt Romney and South Carolina, Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham said during a stakeout on Capitol Hill Wednesday, they were sitting outside it in a car eating peanuts, that they are both on board with a proposal to substantially increase unemployment insurance checks. Well, I hope these guys come to an agreement sometime because I sure do need some money. Individuals who are unemployed and go to get unemployment insurance payments don't just get the 375, but they get something much more substantial that that's so that so that we're able to keep people whole or nearly whole if they become unemployed, Romney said. 18% of households said someone in their household has been laid off or had hours reduced. Laid off or had hours reduced. It's almost like the minimum wage going up. Due to the coronavirus outbreak, according to a recent NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll, it's a heck of a poll of 835 people. That's, yeah. By the way, 835 people. 0.000000001% <laughs> of the population is a great measuring this stick. This poll has a statistical error rate of plus or minus 835 people. <laughs> so how much more might the government contribute? Graham said that lawmakers are considering having the federal government make up the difference of the amount of an individual's unemployment check at the state level up to 75% of his or her income for a person earning $80,000 a year. The unemployment system that exists is woefully inadequate for the circumstances that we're under, Graham said. It was never designed for a pandemic. Meanwhile, the administration is also considering direct cash payments to American families. Rom Romney initially proposed the idea of giving households $1,000 in immediate relief, though he and Graham disagree on parts of that proposal. Romney would like to see those payments issued in addition to increased unemployment insurance. Did he get what's this idea the, from Yang? What's the point or? of the 1000 and the increased unemployment insurance? Like, isn't the increased unemployment insurance supposed to take care of the people who are unemployed, which is the problem? 
Or I guess this is going to help people have their hours reduced too. I don't know. This is so you can buy those eggs that don't exist on the shelf. Yeah, so I can buy my $1,000 <laughs> eggs, which I can't do. A senior administration official confirmed to Fox Business on Wednesday that the White House is potentially calling for $250 billion of your own money to go out by April 6th and another $250 billion of your own money to go out by May 18th. The checks would be tiered based on family size and income. Okay, that information was first reported by the Washington Post. As previously reported by Fox Business Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin has said that checks could be larger than the thousand dollars. Okay, so so we're gonna get none. We won't get any, and the poor people yeah. will get like ten ten grand. Yeah, that's <laughs> there you go. That's what's gonna happen. Wealth redistribution, which at is its finest. I mean, this is basically the same system that we always have all the time. By by the way, that's what the welfare system is anyway. They're just upping the welfare state is basically what they're doing. So they're talking about increasing. The welfare state that um, has never done anything to alleviate welfare. So we're going to increase that instead of reducing taxes on businesses so they can keep more people hired or they can keep people at longer hours or, or whatever it is or so people can have more money to spend on their consumption because there's less payroll taxes being taken out of their checks and because they didn't have their hours reduced. Any of those reasons? No, we don't want to reduce the taxes. We want to keep the taxes and then send the tax money back to the people. That's what we want to do after we take our cut. We want to do that for sure. Okay. So this is the idea here. This here's here's the idea. You don't need to be reliant on the government. You don't need to be reliant on the government. This is exactly why. We had that whole crazy long article earlier about how Americans are having to go it alone, how we want all these things. We want paid family leave and unemployment insurance to go up and all these things. We want this, but the government is uh, sclerotic and nothing's going to get done. See, I used it <laughs> in a sentence. There we go. Um, so the government is sclerotic. It's not going to be able to get anything done whatsoever. And then we got this article talking about how, oh, well, we're just going back and forth on how much money maybe it is that we can give the people. And all the while... People are just sitting here, potentially suffering, potentially sitting at home, checking their news feed, trying to see if the government's ever going to come to a decision so they can send them some money when they should be checking online to see if they can get any other ways to increase their income in any kind or of way. Or they're already swiping their credit cards, yeah. thinking that that check's coming. Like, oh, I got $1,000 to spend right now. I might as well go ahead and blow it. I'm <laughs> going to get that check yeah, by I'll April 6th. I'll get 1000 bucks. Sure. It's less than a month away. I can pay my credit card <laughs> statement by then with that check. So it's... This is the problem with being dependent on the government. The government doesn't do things well, doesn't do things efficiently, no speed whatsoever behind what they're doing and at it, all. And it doesn't matter how much power you give them, as alluded to by the previous author. It doesn't matter how much power you give them over the healthcare system or power over every move of your life. They don't get any more efficient. No. So it's not like the answer is more government. If you want efficiency and innovation, the answer is more private market. That's what the answer is. Milton Friedman had a great quote that I loved always where he said, if you take a market failure, which by the way, you could see price gouging or, or whatever, running out of items, market failure, and you give that problem to government, all you do is you shift a market failure to a government failure. The problem doesn't ever get solved. Look at anything that in history that the government has done. You can go to education. You can go to healthcare. You can go to everything the government has ever taken over. Do any of you guys go to the DMV for your license? Jesus Christ, do you have to wait in lines? And I had to wait in lines when I lived in a really small town of 1,200 people. Still. Still took forever. 
And now in Nashville, it's even worse. I mean, you have to take a whole day off work. No one talks about the money you miss for the whole day off work you have to take to go sit. To go pay them money. To, yeah. To have the yeah. right to drive on the thing that your money paid for. Not sure why I don't yeah. get a credit for that. <laughs> you know, instead of, you should be, you know, you should give a, a $200 credit for you getting get your paid, license. You should get paid leave for having to go to the DMV. Right. No one talks about that. <laughs> Anything the government touches, it just becomes worse and worse. And so I, I just, I can't wrap my mind around how people think countries that have universal health care, like Italy, where they can decide who lives and dies during a pandemic, which is what they're doing, by the way. They are deciding who gets to be on a ventilator and who doesn't. Whereas in a free market, when the demand goes up for ventilators, manufacturers and people that make ventilators can produce more of them. And in fact, that's what the government's trying to do anyway with this whole Defense Production Control Act that we talked about yesterday, where they're putting in government contracts to create more of these things. We've seen biometric companies with one of the stocks that we were looking at today go up 400% as these companies are ramping up production to try to create more masks, more ventilators, more everything for the pandemic because the demand is so high right now all around the world. This is what happens in a, in a true free market is the people who are smart enough to take care of the problem in innovatively and efficiently they meet that demand and the 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 person you last want to control all of this is government and that's that's they don't know that's the whole point here we are reading the article about them debating back and forth on what they're going to do all the while people are talking about well people are left alone well you know maybe being left alone to be able to be in control of your own life is not that bad of a thing if you if you plan for it and that's the problem with the safety net idea as a whole it's the entire problem with the whole safety net idea is that you're constant you never feel that need you never you know when you have a need to take care of things you don't need to do that because you got a safety net so you don't plan ahead whatsoever you don't save up extra money while you're working instead of going to the movies or going to a nice dinner or up in your Netflix account and getting Disney Plus and Hulu and doing all this stuff, you don't save that money because you've got a little safety net underneath you all the time. And then when something really bad happens, well, what? look at this. The politicians are just debating over what they're going to do with that safety net, all the while you are sitting there dependent on them to come up with a solution. And they're just going to be debating back and forth while other people are actually doing something to help the problem. That's what that's what we have to go to now. Other people are doing well. We do have this letter from from uh, Rand Paul. I thought I thought this was pretty good. Well, yeah, this is really good. This, this is the American spirit. It is. I I love Rand Paul. I don't care what libertarians say. He is he's my favorite. He and maybe it's because of his dad. I don't know. Maybe I would like Thomas Massey more if it wasn't for Ron Paul. But Rand Paul just, I mean, we drove 11 hours to see he and Ron Paul speak at a Rand Paul rally in 2016. And we've driven hours to get books signed by him and all that. I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure he remembers you because you're seven feet tall and he's about five feet tall. So he probably remembered you. But yeah, I, I mean, mean, we're a little biased towards this guy. <laughs> a little bit. A little fangirling, but he's done a lot of great <laughs> things, just yeah. like his dad did. So Paul says, we will get through this crisis. It's a, a letter he this is wrote. This an op-ed, yeah. Yeah, in the Richmond Register. Uh, he says, my life has been, has been spent mostly as a physician and scientist. My current life is that of a member of the Senate, including on the committee dealing with health care. I've spoken to many in and out of government in the past week, and these are my conclusions. Let's start with prudence. 
This virus seems to spread very easily. Think of the way the common cold spreads like wildfire every year. But it is more serious and potentially lethal. That's a bad combination, and we should take it seriously. We must calmly and clearly implement as one as much social distancing as we can in the coming weeks. The six foot rule is a good one. You remember the 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 one foot rule at school dances when you were I younger? Do. Our yeah. teacher used to go around with a ruler and make sure that you were at least one foot apart from your dance partner yeah. uh, when you were doing a slow dance. Or you see how society progresses, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you couldn't dance. Yeah. You know, and then then you could dance, but you couldn't touch. And then, I don't know, I guess we went through that whole dirty dancing phase in the 70s and 80s, but yeah. then they had the one foot rule. And now these kids are just grinding all over each other. <laughs> they, are. they are. They're taking TikToks while they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing TikTok grinds. <laughs> um, and so now, but we have, now we have a six foot rule. So anyway, the CDC has advised that at risk groups remain entirely at home if they can these include older americans and anyone with com uh comorbidity com comorbidities that means uh more than one uh illness that put them more at risk especially chronic respiratory conditions so like if you have copd or anything like that or if you just have part of your lungs removed like Rand paul did well right it's got to pay attention to this right that was one of the first people i got worried about whenever yeah. this whole thing popped out <laughs> because i know he just had part of his lung removed from right. that dude tackling him while i was mowing his yard but even young people should pay attention to this. You might think you're safe, and you probably are, but your parents, grandparents, and others may not be. The virus is spreading from asymptomatic people, and you could not even know you are doing it. I personally have instructed my staff to work from home. I want to set the right example for those who can follow suit. I realize that's not everyone, but every bit helps. During this period, however, we are still available to handle the needs of Kentuckians and government. Anyone with a federal issue can still contact our office as before, and he's happy to provide assistance. If you're a member of a church, community group, HOA, Rotary Service Organization, or similar, I encourage you to both practice what I've said here, but also to reach out to the most vulnerable in your community to make sure they're okay, and if you can help keep them that way, perhaps by running errands for them or bringing them food and supplies if they choose to isolate more completely. If you are sick, no matter what you think you have, I urge you to stay at home for the duration of your illness, especially with a fever above 100.5. This is coming from a doctor, nonetheless. Um. And he gets on here to what's happened in the past here. As this public health crisis unfolds, there will surely be some hardships for people. Some will fall ill. Unfortunately, some have already have and more will succumb to this disease. But while we are implementing these steps to mitigate the spread, I want you to take a moment to remind everyone of the triumph of modern medicine over all sorts of diseases. Now, this gives you a sense of proportion here. 100 years ago, 1920. One in five children didn't even survive childhood due to viruses and bacteria. We mentioned before Rockefeller, the richest guy on earth, one of his kids died from a bacterial infection because antibiotics weren't invented yet. Mm. Didn't matter how much money you had. Uh, from cholera, uh, cholera to polio, from smallpox, smallpox to measles, we beat them with antibiotics, antivirals, and vaccines. History tells us we can do it again. It tells us not to let our fear get the best of us, not to think the end is near, and to approach this pandemic with unnecessary levels of alarm, but to remain hopeful that our modern medical system, if given the time, can treat and beat this. If it could be given the freedom, is <laughs> what I would say. Yeah. This is a time for us to come together as people, to show the world what Americans can do. Together, we will weather this crisis. Now, what pharmaceutical companies do you think are scrambling together to make a vaccine for this you think it's italy you think it's norway and denmark you think it's canada 
They probably have some, but I would I would trade that for a hundred pharmaceutical companies in a free market scrambling to be the person who makes the vaccine. Yeah, for sure. We're going to be the first trillion dollar pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. That means everybody has vaccines now. This is a you know this whole sense of proportion thing. If you read, my God, it was worse than this a long time ago. I mean, in the eighteen nineties, you know, people starved to death still in america mm-hmm. you know it's like most the reason why you had so many kids prior to 1900 is because most of them died that's why you had so many kids and that tradition carried on for a long time because you're like oh i'm gonna have nine kids that doesn't seem like a good tradition to carry on for very long by the way <laughs> i'm against that tradition well you saw it play out up until the baby boomers and now people are having less and less kids and deciding not to have kids at all yeah. Um, but you know, like, look, I'm going to have nine kids because seven of them will die. So I'll have two people to take care of me when I get old. <laughs> you're playing the odds, right? That's all you're doing. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a 10 to one risk to return ratio on one of them. Right. At least. <laughs> and you know, by evolution standards, I mean that, that one kid that made it, that's the one you want to go on strong, uh, strong, strong, strong as I've ever seen. Strong as I've ever seen. <laughs> Miss Gump. <laughs> This is so, a, we're, we're talking about death right now. This is not funny. Well, but back in the day, though, now we have it, life. Yeah, we have all kinds of things that we've learned about <laughs> all these horrible things that can happen happen to human beings. Look, Mother Nature's out to kill you, man. There's all kinds of things. Eternal struggle. All kinds of things fighting for that inequality. Right? Viruses just want equal treatment. They want to live just as much as you do. <laughs> they want to reproduce and stuff, and the. The fact of the matter is they need a host. <laughs> they can't do it on their own. They, they sit on a surface for a couple weeks and they're dead. You know, this is like they need someone to live off of. Mother- That's what they need. They're like viruses are like socialism. <laughs> They've got to have others to live off of. This is what it okay? is. Yeah. Socialism is a virus that's right. been overtaking the world and killing millions of people throughout our entire lifetimes. Okay. And we've we got to find we got to cut that sucker off on its head at its head and kill kill the host it doesn't matter if the host <laughs> dies because we'll just transfer to the next one yeah <laughs> we'll carry our seed that's over the, that's the problem with that <laughs> virus is that even if you kill the host it still spreads like wildfire right it's highly transmittable and the young kids get it and they uh, they they're unlikely to ever give it away so that's the problem with yeah. this virus called socialism so socialismitis that's what you get social socializes that's exactly you know the thing all right so rosie o'donnell let's talk about her real quick wouldn't normally want to do that but we'll do it right now because now we got to talk about what are people doing to actually help because guess what even though we are heartless libertarians we do <laughs> want people to have some help during this time because there are people who have been caught off guard and my my prescription for them is not uh well you need a time machine to go back and live a better life and make better decisions and since you don't have that time machine you're going to die that's not what my solution is what my solution would be one would be to let the free market take care of this problem which we're not doing but two for charity two for people who do have enough who are going to be fine, who work in positions like we do where we're not going to be losing any income due to this. In fact, we work in healthcare, so it might go up, actually. So for people who are in a better situation to help help other people who aren't in a better situation and also give them a good talking to. 
Okay. But let's talk about Rosie O'Donnell. This is from Fox News. The Rosie O'Donnell Show. Did you ever watch that? Did you ever watch the Rosie O'Donnell Show? No, no. I needed to watch her interview with Joe Rogan. The Rosie O'Donnell. I think you might be thinking of Roseanne Arnold. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This is Rosie O'Donnell. Much different. Still annoying. uh, Basically (laughs) the same, but different. Still same, but different. They both have red hair. uh, At times. I'm not really sure. The Rosie O'Donnell Show returning for a single episode to rate, why not do a whole season, to raise money amid coronavirus outbreak. This is from foxnews.com slash entertainment slash the Rosie O'Donnell Show. The Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie O'Donnell is helping others amid the coronavirus pandemic. The 57-year-old actress will once again host the Rosie O'Donnell Show for a one-night-only episode to rain funds for the Actors Fund. Fox News can confirm. The, the reason why it's one night only is because she's creating scarcity. She is. This and is also, it. no one would tune in past that. Yeah. That's why the show isn't there anymore still. <laughs> so they, they thought, well, let's do one. We'll do one. The program will stream live on YouTube and Broadway.com on Sunday, March 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern, following the closures of all Broadway theaters until mid-April. So this is an issue. You know, we don't live inside of the that Broadway bubble, but there's a lot of actors who have gone there to act in all of these plays and now there's nothing going on you know i have a really close friend of mine who plays music for a living um actually used to be in a band with her and she texted me yesterday and said all my shows got canceled that's what she does for an income by the way she plays music and she gets paid to play music and she said yeah i you know we're doing these ads and stuff we need to uh talk about that because all of my shows have been canceled and so there's no income coming up so you know there's entertainers and creative people are people too so we have to maybe look at helping them and that's what rosie o'donnell is trying to do but you'll notice we're not arguing for government subsidies no i'm not arguing for congress to pass something to send specific money to actors who have been stricken uh with hard times on broadway no but this is great what rosie o'donnell is doing right now in fact i bet she could give away a couple million of her own money towards this and she might she's donating a couple hours of her highly valuable crochet time that she's got at home (laughs) uh, to do this thing but you know hopefully she's going to chip in too i'm not saying she has to i'm saying hopefully she's going to put her money where her mouth is Everybody who knows me knows that Broadway has been one of the brightest lights in my life since the time I was a little girl, said O'Donnell in a statement. It has also been the livelihood of New York City for generation after generation. Now, I would dispute the fact that the livelihood of New York City, the the city of New York and all the things that go on there, that Broadway has been the livelihood of New York City for generations, but it is for a lot of people. After all, Broadway has given to the world. Now it's time in this time of tremendous need. It's our turn to give something back. She continued. There is no better way to support this community than via the actors fund. And with a lineup like this, I dare you not to tune in. Good ad right there. Said lineup contains the likes of Catherine McPhee, Sarah, Jessica Parker, Morgan Freeman, and more who will all appear from the comfort of their own homes. They're going to get a get a camera all the way up there to heaven. They'll talk to Morgan Freeman there for a little bit. <laughs> Everyone knows they think of God when they talk about Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I mean, how do you not? He's the best. I'm not saying Morgan Freeman's God. I'm saying that that's just what I would think of. He's you got know? the best voice. He does. The are you, best. Are you about to do? You about I don't know. If I, I don't know if I can. You can't. I mean, it's that good. You could do like a Shawshank Redemption. I could kind of kind of thing. Well, 
Well, think about a good quote from Shawshank Redemption. So we'll 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 come back to you guys. I know you're uh, on pins and needles waiting for us to do a Morgan Freeman impression. So, but yeah, this is a good. Other people should do this. You know, other people need to do this to raise money. Actors, actresses, even <laughs> musicians, all kinds of people should do things like this to help raise money. And I'm sure they will. I'm surprised we haven't had like a, a live aid to raise a bunch of money yet, or the kind of things that we saw with, uh, you know, when the, the earthquake hit Haiti and we gave the Clintons all that money. Like, I, I'm surprised that we haven't had something like that pop up yet. I'm sure we will, but there needs to be some things like this pop up while they won't be live and in-person concerts. People will pay to watch things live, some pay-per-view. Trust me, my band used to do live online concerts all the time and the money that people will throw towards that kind of stuff is insane by the way okay one more thing with facebook charlie you want to do facebook you want me to run through it yeah let me run through this thing run on through it buddy old facebook doles out bonuses and a thousand dollars to its employees amid coronavirus outbreak wow this is crazy the private market doing this kind of thing. It's like, well, we're not going to wait for government. We're just going to send everybody $1,000 right now. I didn't see the executive order that forced no. them to do this. Facebook is given this also from Fox News. Facebook, we're just a Fox News station. That's what today. popped up. I think <laughs> I clicked on a couple and you know how it goes. Like yeah. they just keep showing up after that. Facebook is giving every one of its employees a $1,000 bonus to assist them during the out ongoing coronavirus pandemic. According to the information, which first reported the news, the decision was announced by CEO Mark Zuckerberg in an internal memo on Tuesday. Every one of the company's nearly 45,000 employees will reportedly also get an exceeds rating for their first six-month review of 2020, which could lead to larger bonuses since the median compensation for Facebook employee, get this, <laughs> is $228,651. What was that again? Can you tell me what the median... The median... Compensation for a Facebook employee is 228651 which, by the way, if you get an exceeds rating, and if you guys ever worked in the corporate ladder, you know that every time you get a review, you get a, a, a half a year review and then a full year and review. And your bonus is dependent on what those yeah. ratings are, how much of yeah, your bonus you get. Most companies, like you have a standard like 2% cost of living raise, and so if you're making hundred grand a year, well, you get a $2,000 raise, right? Well, if everybody gets an exceeds, typically you're looking in the you know, the six to eight to 10% range on an exceeds level. So 10% on $228,000, that's a $20,000 raise, my friend. With, with Lacey's, the way they do it is they've got a, they've got a standard bonus level, which is like 10%. Like that's the bonus. Um, thank you, HCA, for being so awesome, by the way. Um, that They've got a standard 10% kind of bonus, but then these ratings will matter for what percentage of your bonus you you earn so you get these exceeds or meets or whatever then you're going to earn the entire 10 percent bonus if you get a bunch of unsatisfactories or whatever it is that you get on these I've never worked card. At, never worked at a corporation yeah. before oh, well, um, we'll start it up here yeah I'd, yeah <laughs> let's do it i'll write it up I'll yeah. do the work on that. Yeah. yeah, no problem. So when you get that and you you get a bunch of unsatisfactories, well, you don't get your entire bonus or you end up not getting the bonus. So what they've done is they've gone through and they've already marked everyone as an exceeds for their bonuses. So now they don't even really have to work. So that's what, that's what yeah. I hear from this. It sounds good. The information reports that some full-time Facebook employees have also taken over part of the work done by contractors. Does that mean the contractors aren't doing... 
enough work or maybe the full-time employees yeah, aren't like, doing enough how and did now they, they just can, <laughs> how did they just automatically we'll take just, over the work that's being done by contractors I'll just do that that way the contractors can stay home and the tech giant is still paying those contractors while they're at home they have a median compensation of higher probably yes <laughs> contractors are paid at a higher rate than uh, your full-time employees coming from a contractor they don't get the benefits you know you just get the standard rate and then uh well not a standard rate but you just get a rate that you have to pay taxes on you don't get the payroll tax benefit you don't get the health care benefits none of the benefits that you get as being a full-time employee of these major corporations except so, for much much higher pay yeah you do get a lot higher pay though you can afford all those things on your own yeah. so uh great and this is how the private market can take care of this you know when when everybody whenever they said tax cuts for the rich First of all, we went over yesterday that 99.6% of businesses in the United States are not Facebook. You know? <laughs> it's actually they're, a lot higher percentage of companies that are not Facebook. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a 99, much higher percentage. 99.6% of all businesses in the United States have less than 500 employees. And the ones that have 100 to 500 employees only are like, account for like 1.7% of businesses at all so then you've got 98 so, percent of the businesses have fewer than 100 yes it's probably something like 95 percent have well you did one that was like fewer than four very fewer high than four rate is most businesses in the united states it's 56 and a half percent something like that okay so over half the businesses have fewer than four employees so like tax cuts it's not for corporations you know uh these the the bonuses and stuff like that that these major corporations are able to give out most businesses can't do that, you know? Well, people it, gave out bonuses after the Trump tax cuts for right. the rich. So your major corporations gave out those bonuses, like AT&T and some other corporations. Walmart that gave, out, gave out bonuses right. to people. A lot of people did. So from those tax cuts, they gave the it back to their workers, whereas where it benefited the most amount of people, tax cuts, was small businesses like ours. Mm -hmm. You know, We have fewer than four employees. And so getting the payroll tax cut or something like that is what government, one of the things government can do to allow us to keep more of our own money in productive use, because you and I need to hire somebody right now. And right now we just, we, it doesn't, we can't squeeze it yet. Mm -mm. We're almost there. Mm. But I bet if we got a big tax reduction, that would be a lot better conversation to have. Yeah. If I because could say, the tax reduction would pay for someone else's salary. If I could say 15% right now, payroll tax. If I could save that 15%, I could hire somebody easily. Yeah. Without a sweat. You could pay him 30 grand a year. I wouldn't even <laughs> I wouldn't even break a blood pressure spike. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means. Yeah. We'll get you anyway. Yeah, consult your physician about whatever that meant right there. But this is what we want to see. We want to see the private market coming in and taking care of this. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, most companies aren't like Facebook, so a lot of companies can't afford to do this. And we just said most people work for businesses that aren't Facebook, so therefore a lot of people can't do this. And that's the case. That's why we also brought in the Rosie O'Donnell article as well. But big businesses, you're going to see them doing this to help people because guess what? They know that this pandemic is going to end in a few months, and they need all of their potential employees to not be dead. And that's what they really need. They need a workforce just like they did a few months ago, they need a workforce in a few months. And they're going to try to take care of people. That way they can still have this workforce. They're going to try to keep people happy. So the businesses that can't afford this, I hope that they do this. I hope that a lot of businesses will step up and do what Facebook is doing right here. Hopefully Amazon's going to do something like that with their 600,000 employees. And Walmart's going to do something like this with their 2.2 million employees. Hopefully they step up 
and they actually do this. But for the people who don't, for the people who work for a small business that simply can't do this, because most businesses lose money, by the way, 70% of businesses fail within 10 years. No one wants the ownership of those businesses. So 70% <laughs> of businesses fail within 10 years. Most of the businesses are not going to have enough money to just give this out because they're coming up on some hard times. And to alleviate that, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. This is not for us. This has nothing to do with our website. It has nothing to do with mastermytrades.com, which you should check out. But listen, we should all band together if you are not affected by this and you want to help people who are. GoFundMe has got a fund put together for COVID-19 relief. All right, so we're going to put a link to it. And what we should do as libertarians who talk about volunteerism all the time and how we don't need the government to do these things, we need to step up and show that we don't need the government to do these things, that people will step up and take care of people. That's what we really need. And so I'm going to put a link to the GoFundMe. I'm going to read you the description on what it has. It says, the WHO has declared, not the ban, has declared coronavirus a global pandemic, although the ban probably did too. It has affected people all across the globe, whether it means being quarantined on a cruise ship, finding alternative childcare, losing wages, or actually being infected, people's health and daily lives are changing in big ways. Donate to this general relief fund to directly support individuals affected by the coronavirus pandemic, as well as the organizations working to keep people safe, find a cure, or support, support, support their communities. Funds raised on this campaign will be managed by GoFundMe.org, an independent nonprofit organization registered in the United States. Donors support the GoFundMe.org fund, and GoFundMe.org selects and then distributes donations to verify Go, GoFundMe campaigns and aid to organizations that help those affected. Now, I know what you might think at first. I don't know. I don't like the idea of them distributing this money for me. You, would you rather have the government distributing your money for you? Who do you think is going to do a better job? Right. A website that is completely based off of staying reliable for people to get donations for things that they need so they can keep going and keep their reputation up so they don't get hated like the Salvation Army does or something like that. Like, do you think a website that's that's built off of that is going to do a better job allocating the money or politicians in Washington? Which one do you think is going to do a better job allocating the money? Because while they are nonprofit, they still need people to come to their website and give other people money so their website can continue to exist. Because I'm sure they take some type of transaction fee at the end of the day so they can keep going and keep their website moving all the time and keep their business going. So I would rather them distribute this money than the government distribute the money. So I'm going to put a link to the GoFundMe. If you are one of these people like us, one of these people who are out here yelling every single day about how we don't need the government to take care of this problem, that the private market's going to come up, that charities can take care of things, people helping people, positive stuff, that all that's going to happen, then you need to consider chipping in 5, 10, 20 bucks towards this COVID-19 relief fund. That's, that's really all I got for it. I'm not going to try to sell you on our Patreon today. I'm going to sell you on COVID-19 relief fund on gofundme.org so we will put a link in the show notes guys one thing i will try to sell you on because it is a seven day free trial so it's not going to take any of your valuable money right now is mastermytrades.com the market is down 30 percent in the last few weeks our trading account for our class that we set up is up 30 percent we are teaching people how we did this 
It's going to take a while to learn because it took me several years to learn how to do this. But I've condensed all of it down. We're boiling it all down into very, very understandable videos. We're doing live Q&As. We have a live Q&A tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time in our private Facebook group. So you can still jump in today and still be involved in this live Q&A tonight if you want to do that. If you want to know how we did 30% in our account while your parents or your 401k or whatever it was decreased by 30%, that seems pretty important, then you need to go check out mastermytrades.com. It's a seven-day free trial, meaning you can just jump out if you don't want to be in it anymore. No hassle, no money paid until it goes past the seven-day mark. So you can go check it out. You send us emails, messages, all kinds of stuff. If you have any other questions about it, then send me an email at nate at mastermytrades.com. That is an email address I made, by the way, nate at mastermytrades.com. You can send me an email and we'll talk about it. If you have any questions whatsoever, questions or concerns, you know, and I'll, I'll show you guys what we're doing and how our account is growing while everyone else's accounts are crashing right now. So that's mastermytrades.com. You can check that out. And Charlie wants to tell you about subscribing to the podcast. You eight percenters, we need to get you in the podcast. Yeah, if you uh, if you guys want to help support the show in a free way, well, one thing we, we told you at the beginning of the show, subscribe to the podcast. That's one way to help do it. And then you could share the show with a friend or an enemy. It doesn't matter. And we're challenging you to take the 210 episode challenge. We got one person on that challenge. Almost, almost Going, done. Almost done, by the way. So we're getting those certificates printed up as we speak. For all you guys that want to take that challenge, go back and listen to all the episodes. You'll You'll have all the information you need to defeat this viral socialism going around. <laughs> and so uh, just stay, it's to, to help you stay better informed um, to understand what's going on in the world around you, the, the, the things on stocks, what the COVID watch actually means, all this coronavirus stuff, everything you need from a liberty-minded perspective is what you will find at Good Morning Liberty. So share it with a friend. Leave us a rating and review, five stars if you think it's worth it. If you guys do all of that, then we'll be back again tomorrow to do this all over again before the weekend. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty. Morning Liberty.